don't call me Jiggy when I'm home, they call me Snowman. We ain't never home, but treat the city like the base, yeah. You know where to look if you're looking for the wave, yeah. Looking for the. What it do? What's going down? What's happening? Welcome to another episode of the Euro Stepping Podcast. Snowman, I got to check in with you every time we on here. Tell me about that weather up there. Well, let me take a peek. It's raining. Yeah, it's a normal. It's a normal, it's a normal day in that PN dub, I see. <laughs> right, well, right, Snowman, right. I would say young guest on the show today because he hasn't played a lot of years in Europe, but in his basketball career, he's uh, he's done a lot of work. He is an all Champions League second team. He's an NCAA champion. He's a consensus second team All-American. He's an AP honorable mention All-American. Two-time first team All WCC. WCC newcomer of the year and the SEC six man of the year. And he was also a McDonald's All-American coming out of high school. Welcome to the show, Kyle Wiltshire. Kyle, what's up with you, man? Hey. How you doing? Hey, man, I'm hanging in there. I'm, I think I'm going to hire you as my hype man. You're making me sound pretty good. <laughs> You're making me sound good. So. No, I'm good. I'm just hanging out in the hotel. We got a game tomorrow, so I appreciate y'all having me on. And, yeah, I, uh, I don't do these things too often, but I was uh, checking out your guys' videos. I like your guys' vibes, so I appreciate y'all having me on. We appreciate you giving us the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kyle, Dave did a good job with the intro. That's fair enough. But we seen you. Can hooping. I get can I get can I get an Alvin hype up? Like, did I just get a David hype up? Or what's up? <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> I was at listen, here, listen. I was actually gonna say, we've seen you play, so it wasn't hype. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, you no, yeah, but you, you you play for the Rockets. You know, that's where I'm from. So I know who's going, going in and out of there. Yeah, no, Houston, Houston's a vibe. No, I, I, uh, my rookie year, I was fortunate to make the Rockets. And I had some good uh, good vets around me who I was able to go to camp and actually, you know, hustle my way on that roster. And that was one of the, the most fun years, even though I wasn't able to really play any kind of minutes. Just having that experience, being around those type guys, man, it's invaluable. Right. Is, is there anything specific that like a moment or or something somebody told you or taught you one thing that you will point to and say, you know what, this really stuck with me? Man, you know, one guy when I was in Houston um, was John Lucas was was my guy when I was I was there. So he was just telling me like during like we were just had like a week of open runs. And, you know, obviously, like what I do is I stretch the floor. And he just came up to me and like, I was confident in myself, but he just came up to me and was like, yo, you're the best shooter. You should be the best shooter on this team and you're going to make this team. And so when he told me that and he, and having a guy like him and all the stuff he's done in his career and now he's coaching, just hearing that, I was like, all right, I got this unlocked now. Cause the one thing that team did was shoot the ball. So I, I found a nice little role and I got on that roster. Yeah. And you ain't stopped shooting since. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no man you you've been known to burn dudes all over the place everywhere you've been um so coming off of 
developing that kind of confidence. Um, can, can you talk a little bit about what happened in that situation, how you were able to navigate getting through there and, and now moving on to Europe? Can you talk about that that whole time period and how you got to where you are Man, now? Yeah, that, that Rockets here, I kind of touched on it before, but just getting to see one of the best players in the world and James Harden. And, you know, a huge reason I made that team was, you know, because of that man. I got there as a rookie and it was like I was kind of just like ready to hoop, but I didn't know how I was going to go. You never know how those vets going to treat you. You know what I mean? So when I got there and like the first pickup run, James is like, yo, I need he called me K. Willie. That was my nickname. He's like, yo, I need K. Willie on my team. And literally, if you're standing in the corner, he gonna find you the rock. So it's not like, like he's going to score. The one thing that's crazy about him is like, he's putting up 30 points in games, but the one thing that dude man can do is pass and, and he makes everyone around him better. So um, going into that year, like it was just awesome having a guy like of his stature kind of in my corner. So when it was time to make roster cuts, like, like people were already con congratulating me on like the, the coaching staff, but until that final roster spot at, 12 at midnight was set in stone. I didn't, I did I couldn't believe it. Cause when you fighting for those last couple spots, like really anything can happen. And, and like you've seen, like to the stars, like NBA is like a cutthroat game. Like it's all business. So for me, like being a rookie, like I, I always knew Europe would be in my back pocket, but I wanted to try for the NBA first. And so that first year getting to play in the NBA, like it was just invaluable for me, not only being with the Rockets, but shit like if I wasn't playing I could be I could be like I actually learned from Montrez and Montrez was like yo if you want to hoop have them send you down to the G League mm -hmm. and oh, there's a lot of players who don't want to go down there because you know there's some dogs in the G League on the low mm -hmm. so like like when I sent myself down there I went down there to get buckets and work on my game and so for myself like that's the one thing people don't realize like even though when I signed in Europe the second year people were kind of like, oh, he hasn't really played as a professional yet. But if you look at my G League numbers, like I was, I went down there trying to kill. And that's, that was really a big part of my game, like developing was the G League. If you use it correctly, because, you know, some of these dudes, they just go down there and they think like they have an attitude because the NBA team sent them down or something like that. So for myself, like we went to the G League finals and that, that whole experience. And then, you know, we lost in the finals. Um, to the Raptors, Pascal Siakam, they had Fred Van Vliet, all those guys. These guys are getting paid in the NBA now. So it's like, if I'm ever to get a shot again, like I have confidence I can even hoop in the league just because these are guys that I've battled in the G League for years, you know? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, then and then I got to go to Olympiacos, which is a story program. And it's just like, from there, I've just been in Europe ever since. It feels like I've been over here 20 years, but I've only been here like three years. Yeah. <laughs> Dave and I had a brief conversation about you not having a ton of experience, but getting a job like Olympiacos as your first job. Yeah, that, that, that's rare. Never, not rare. Where when me and Snow start coming in hooping, right? No one came straight over here and go straight to Euroleague. No one. Yeah. Everyone always had to climb their way to the top. So, you know, maybe it's the old men in us. So we have the uh, battle like, man, it must be easier now to come over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, th that, that year was uh, an up and down year for myself because I, I was fortunate, you know, to come over when um, Prentices, who's a storied four man in Euroleague, 
he was injured. So I got to come over and, you know, I'm thinking like, okay, I'm going overseas. Like I knew, I knew Olympiacos was a storied program because uh, I was in, I was actually still with the Rockets or no, I was in LA working out and uh, Patrick Beverly was with me. And he said, Hey, Olympiacos is calling. You got to go like, go make your bag. Like that is, that's one of the best clubs over there. Go hoop. Uh, like just go do your thing. Cause he was actually with them um, back in the day. So when I went over there, I'm thinking like, oh man, I'm about to go kill. Like, but Europe isn't sweet either. Just like the G League, that shit's tough. So, and and wait, I got- wait, wait, Kyle, Kyle, we're going to get into that, but I want to ask you this question before we get into this. Mm-hmm. When you figured out that you was coming to Europe the very first time, what was your thoughts? What were you thinking? Were you nervous? Were you scared? Were you like, how were you feeling? I mean, I was excited. I, 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 my mindset was like, I'm, I'm going to go get buckets in Europe. Like that's literally my attitude going over here. And I touched down in Athens and I'm, you know, they, they got all the crazy fans. They're taking pictures. I'm like, all right, I'm about to kill. I don't play the first four games. Like, so I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, what is going on? Like y'all brought me over here. Like you're paying me. Okay. I'm like, but I didn't play. So it's like, it was like one of those things where it was like eye opening. Cause it's like, it humbles you quick. And it humbles a lot of people quick. Yes. Cause you guys know you gotta, you gotta fight over here. You gotta start from the bottom and you gotta go up. And a lot of players you look and they're like, Oh, why aren't they hooping? Like, cause it's Europe, it's either Europe or the G league. And you know how the G league goes for the pay. Yeah. So when I got, when I got to Olympiacos, it was uh it was great experience for me though. Cause then, then like fourth game, I go from not playing and then I start against Cheska Moscow. And I'm like, how do I go from not playing to starting? But for me, for myself, like that's the kind of like stuff that really helps you like confidence wise. And, you know, I started building my confidence with that team and, you know, I, I had a great year uh, for the minutes that I played and I, and, and then it was tough because, you know, Prentices came back and he's a fantastic player, but I got to learn a lot from him too. Like I've implemented some stuff in my game from him and you know that's that kind of says a lot about Europe because a lot of players they just try to emulate the stars in the NBA you know what I mean like so for myself like I I love the way he played and I got to battle against him and he's tough so like I got to you know kind of work with him all my rook I'd say that was my rookie year overseas and then you know it led to some good opportunities after that but um that year was fun I can't I can't that was one of the best cities I've ever been in my wife we actually got married in Greece so like Greece, Greece has a special place in my heart because, you know, it, it got me, got my feet wet with European basketball. And then also it's just, I mean, it's a, an incredible city. The fans, man, those fans are ridiculous, unbelievable fans. So that, that year was dope. Yeah, that's what we try to explain. Like the fan support in Europe is way different than it is in the States. Not a, the closest thing you could compare it to is maybe the, college fans, university fans, but they'll get a little bit more rowdy over here because over here they'll throw lighters and coins at you. <laughs> yeah, and they, they do the loud whistle. Yeah. Like, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's because they got, there's a lot of, there's a, I mean, the fans, they, they live in, they literally live and die their yeah. teams. Even yeah. if they don't know basketball, they live and die for their teams. And when I got to see Olympiacos, Panthinaikos, those rivalry games, we played them in the finals five games. 
Mm. And man, those fans were nuts. And and that's what makes basketball fun because you come overseas and you're like, you're like, damn, it means this much to them. Like this is, so it's really, it's really dope to see that. So during that time with the Olympiacos, we've had a few guys who were probably in that game on the show uh, Mm. or in that series, that that final series that you're discussing. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about some of your, crazier moments during that time like did you see guys fans throwing things did you see did you have any of those kind of crazy experiences I mean I got a bunch but I got two that I always like tell people about and and one of them was our first like six games there was no fans and I'm thinking like but it was only against Panthenikos and I'm like what what's the deal here like where's our fans at like what's up and they're like oh last year in the finals one of our fans stabbed a fan of Panathinaikos. And we're like, I'm like, I'm like, hold on, hold on. Stab like, what? Like, I'm like, is this, like, and he's like, and I'm like, how did they come to the realization that, oh, you, we killed one of their fans. Okay, six games. Like, why only six? Like, like you know, like, it's like crazy to me. Right. But, but and then the, the last, the last one I got for you is, uh, game it was like game so the your guy's last guest mike mike james is from portland where i'm from too so um there was one time i seen him at a restaurant or something um and like there someone took a picture of me with him and i got in trouble because you're not supposed to hang with players of panthenikos and then like so game four it's like a crazy game and then they our fans we were losing so they throw the stink the the was it like the stink bombs on the court or the things that sting your eyes. And so the next game, they put up the nets to protect us. And we look to, we look behind our bench and the, there's a guy with a, a Freddy mask on and he's got a pair of like gardening scissors and he's cutting the net with the gardening scissors and then just tossed like five flares on the court. And I asked like, why did they do that? And they said that some of the fans think that if they can delay the game or, or cancel the game, then we'll restart it. So we were losing by like 10. They thought like we maybe we could restart it and replay it again. So it's just, it's different. It's a different atmosphere, but that's what makes those games so, so I mean, I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life at the end of the day, those rivalry games and, and man, and Mike, Mike can tell you about those too. He probably talked about, it. I didn't listen to the whole, your whole show, but man, it's crazy. Damn, you ain't had so, that you ain't listen to our whole show, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, <laughs> nah, I had I had a busy day the other day, so. With you. <laughs> um, so look, so you you finished that season up there. You guys go to the finals. You end up taking the L, um, but you did make it to the finals, um, and then you move on to um, you go to Spain. You leave um, Greece and go to Spain to Malaga. An incredible place. Um, can you talk a little bit about that situation? Uh, another another really good situation, you know, for myself. Because, you know, in the heat in the moment, like when you're playing in a season, you kind of just, you can get frustrated with certain things. You can be up and down. But, you know, looking back on it, like I went from Olympiacos where I would probably play 10, 15 minutes a game. And then I went to Malaga where I'm like, ready to just be unleashed you know like I want to like just go do my thing I feel like I can do more and I had a great year as well but like still in the heat of the moment you're like you know in Spain everything is very team oriented 20 25 20 25 minutes a game 
-hmm. and but that that city was just unbelievable you know you're living right there on the water um great coach you know i had another great coach so olympiacos had a good coach and then malaga had another good coach so i was just kind of building blocks and and you know getting my feet wet in europe and i was getting more and more comfortable um with my game over here you know especially being like a guy who stretches the floor like i think the thing in europe i've learned a lot is like I've had to really evolve playing in the post as well because mm -hmm. if they switch my screens, I just got to, I got to bully them down low. So um, in Malaga, I was able to kind of work with a couple good coaches there. And, and, you know, it was a, it was a fun year. Came up short in the uh, uh, ACB playoffs again, but you know, it was a great year. In your, in your time, before we get to where you are now, can you talk us a little bit about, um, some of the better players you play within those places so we can kind of help some of these guys paint the picture for the level, right, that you were at. For sure. Um, you know, actually, my first two years, I played with, with uh, Brian Roberts, who actually had some great years in the NBA. And uh, he was kind of like, you know, playing a, with a guy two years in a row. He was really familiar with my game. I was really familiar with his. So it was fun getting to play with a guy like him. Um you know, there, that's the thing about Europe is, like, everywhere I've gone, like, I'm playing with players who dominated college, like, or gone to work, you know. So, um, Olympiacos, we had um, Hollis Thompson, who's with the Sixers, Jamel McLean, who was a beast that year. Um, and then the big man on our team who was still kind of young was uh, Militinov, who's now playing with Cheska. And, and, you know, he was, he, you could see like, he, he's like a good seven one and we could see like, Hey, this guy's going to get paid in Europe, but he wasn't quite there yet. But now he's playing with Moscow making who knows what, you know, there's, there's money to be had over here. That's for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, every, every team I've been on, like I've had some really talented guys. I mean, you can't, you were talking about you play with guys that killed in college. You were one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> yeah for sure um i know i'm kind of backtracking a little bit but i do kind of want to ask you this question it don't have nothing to do with europe which is kind of off the rails for us uh i know you signed to kentucky out of high school played there for two then transferred to gonzaga why the transfer is my question yeah, no, I, uh, I was in a good spot after my, so that was after my sophomore year. Um, I'd gotten like a, the sixth man of the year in the SEC. And, you know, I was probably going to have a similar role in my junior year. I was kind of that guy who comes off the bench, you know, stretches the floor, knocks down some threes. Um, the, the reason I decided to transfer, I was actually, when I was in high school, my top two schools were Kentucky and Gonzaga. And a lot of people thought like, you know, I was a Northwest kid, I was gonna go to Gonzaga. And, you know, I like to do things differently. I was like, I got an offer from Kentucky. I got all these tough players going there. Like I, I took it as a challenge. So I went there, you know, trying to prove people wrong. And I had a good couple of years, but my thing was if, if, if I played bad at Kentucky that my sophomore year, it's just next guy up. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to go somewhere where if I'm playing bad, we're gonna lose. Like I needed that, I thought in my mind, like I needed that challenge to kind of make my game more ready for like a professional level. So like when I went to Gonzaga, not only I wanted that pressure, but it was like the system was more suitable for 
uh, stretch four man who's going to run the offense at the high post, like swing it, post up kind of deal, as opposed to like a dribble drive. So for myself, like, I just thought it was a no-brainer. It was it was a tough decision because, man, Kentucky basketball was one of the, the most fun years of my life. Um, but, yeah, at Gonzaga, I just wanted that responsibility, and I wanted to – I wanted to play at the end of the day, I wanted to play 35 minutes. Like that was, that was my, that was my reason. Well, it worked out for you. You guys went to the elite eight. <laughs> you did pretty well. <laughs> yeah. I'm still, still salty about those losses. That's the thing about college basketball, man. I'll always be salty about those, that loss. Mm. Talk about it. Like what was so bad about that, that particular loss? Well, for us, like we, we played like, the game was 40 minutes. We played like 35 good minutes. And then we played Duke, who ended up going to win it. So as much as like some would be like, hey, at least y'all lost to Duke. Like, nah, the way I look at it is like, we could have been Duke. You know, yeah. we had a, that was the year, my junior year, we had a squad. Like, we just played the right way. We had big guys. We had some, we had Pangos, point guard. Like, um, then my senior year, like we lost another heartbreaker, like, we didn't get stopped. Like we lost at like maybe one or two points, but it was like, we should have won, like literally played good the whole game. And then they pressed us at the end and lost. So it's just one of those things where it's like, you just look back on because winning it my freshman year, you know, like how, like, it seems like this impossible task when you start the tournament. But if you have a nice team, like if you really just do one game at a time, like you really can win it. So like, I, I really thought that my junior year squad, like could have competed for a national championship. So Losing that was tough, but, you know, just every year, life goes on. Ball keeps bouncing most of the time. So, ball's still bouncing for you guys. You guys are talking hoops, you know? Right, right. True story. Yeah. 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 So, after Malaga, you're in the spot where you are now, which is Turkey, at Turk Telecom. You guys are, are playing really well now. You guys played well last year, considered one of the favorites to win, um, Champions League last year came up short. Well, actually, I don't. I don't even want to say you came up short. To be honest, COVID hit. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> yeah. After COVID, I mean, yeah. everything was you know all messed up. Tell us about Turkey, your 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 Turkish experience, because I know it's a, it's kind of similar as Greece, but way different than Spain. Mm-hmm. For sure. No, that's a good way to put it. Um, so when I first, they were actually trying to get me when I went to Malaga the first time. So I was already familiar with this club. Um, but, you know, Malaga, the weather, and I was a no-brainer. I was like, I'm going to the beach. I'm taking the beach, you know, like whatever. The next year, yeah, so, so Turk Telecom, they, you know, they're backed by a cell phone sponsor. So the year coming off Malaga, they threw me an offer I could I basically couldn't resist. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna listen to this offer. And at first, you know, I was very, I was like, I didn't know anything about Turkey. So there was nothing like, it wasn't like I was like, I, I was just more so like uneducated. So I was almost like kind of fearful to go to Turkey. Mm. But as I did my research and I looked at, you know, the club has been doing great the last couple of years, they've had a good budget and they're kind of on the rise, but also, what really sold me was my head coach's belief in me. Like it was the first coach that was like, yo, like I want to run things through you. I want you to like be you, like I've seen what you can do. And so like, for me, I was like, that was kind of like a Gonzaga situation again. Like I could go back, 
I had some real good offers um, coming off Malaga, um, you know, to try to make a pushback for EuroLeague and stuff like that. But the difference was like, I'm still a young European player. So I was like, I feel like if the money's right, like I can go to Turkey and like kind of prove myself again. That was kind of my mindset. So I went kind of a different route, which a lot of guys probably would have taken like a EuroLeague offer and just tried to go EuroLeague. But for me, like I was like, Champions League also is kind of on the rise. Like if you look at all the teams, like there is real good teams this year. So for myself, like I went to Turkey just kind of like with that mindset, like I want to like get back to my Gonzaga Bulldogs buckets days, you know? So like that was my kind of mindset. And, you know, it's it's been a great situation so far. My coach, you know, Dave, you probably know him. You you So you played for him uh, back in the day or do you play for assistant coach? No, he was an assistant coach. On the team, I was. Uh, okay. Uh, when I played, yeah, I, no, so. I played in Ankara also for Ted College, who was a Euro Cup team. And uh, okay. he was the assistant, and John Dose, he was also assistant on that team. So I know. It's a small, small world. Yeah. Now, nah, they're, they're, they're really good people. That's the thing about them is like they're like, they're kind of on the rise, I, I feel like, as coaches too. They, but, and they, they literally eat, sleep, and breathe basketball. And so, like, when me and Dave, you know, before this podcast started, we were kind of joking, like, is, is Coach stressing right now? Like, he stresses because he really cares about this club. Like, he wants us to do well. And, like, that really just tells a lot about basketball over here. Like, it really is everything to them. So, like, for me, like, every game, I obviously want to be good for myself. But, like, I see how much it means to them. So, it kind of, like, you know, motivates you. Hey, you just said something that kind of hit me, and I'm like, it's a question we've asked many guys on the pod, but specifically guys who've played in both places, be it the NBA and overseas. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of the the differences between the two games? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I would say the biggest difference is just space. Like when you're in the NBA, and I mean, I played in the G League mostly that year, but even in the NBA, like preseason, stuff like that, you just get your, if you're a shooter, like you get wide open shots. I think that's the thing I've learned about in Europe. There's, it just seems, I don't know what it is about. There's just not as much space. So everything's a little more difficult and you really have to know the rules over here because it's, it's more physical, but it's not like, (laughs) it's like you, you touch the wrong way and that's a foul. And like, you look at the ref and he's going to be mad at you. Like, for no reason. So you have to be very careful with the like nuances of the game. So I think the biggest difference is just like physicality is different than the league because it's like, it's like, it's allowed sometimes, but it's not allowed sometimes. I don't know if that you guys probably know what I mean by that. Yeah, you know where it's allowed and how. <laughs> yeah. And a lot more post-ups. That's a huge thing. Cause the, the game in NBA has kind of gone away from that. It's all pick and roll here. There's still a lot of like, Where's the mismatch? Go post up and like bully ball. At least that's how we we've been playing because we got a bigger team. So, um, but yeah, it's it's a definitely a different flow. That's for sure. I can um, whenever we you know able to talk off camera. Uh, whenever I come to a game, I can tell you the little those stuff that you can do that you can get away with. Don't worry. I mean, you did say it was, un- you said this was an uncensored podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, just, 
You know, I don't want to give up all my all, all my all my uh, tools that I used to use. Respect, respect. Yeah, you could. We'll we'll talk after this. You could you could uh, hook me up with some of those tools. <laughs> so we know all know that Europe is a different place. Talking about outside of basketball now, right? So no matter where you was at, Greece, Spain, Turkey, what was the most mind blowing or I would say culture shock that you experienced being either one of them countries. I know, for example, for me, the first time I seen that hole in the ground, <laughs> that was supposed to be a toilet, it, it missed yeah. me. <laughs> that's, that's, that's top, top one for me easily by far. And I think I was, yeah, when we were at like a bus stop and, uh, I won't name any names. Someone had to go to the bathroom and their only option was the, the, the hole in the ground. So it's just a different vibe. But I think, I think the biggest culture shock is just when you come over, like, you know, you're expecting it to be easy, not expecting it to be easy, but it's definitely a lot harder being, you know, American and like, you got to really fight your way to be respected in European basketball. So I, off the court, like I didn't really, because I've been in some, big cities i haven't really faced like a huge culture shock moment like language like most of the time like in athens people were speaking english yeah. malaga same way and then even even ankara you know we're in that little bubble where we live we call it a bubble and everything in that area is good restaurants good food so i've been very fortunate to be playing on a level that it's like i haven't really felt that you know shocked really to be honest right Kyle, so one of the questions we like to ask every guest on the pod is, uh, I mean, before we get into this, man, I got to say, some dudes come on here and don't keep it real, man. Don't be one of those dudes, man. All right? <laughs> so, so listen, you done played in all high-level situations. Everywhere you've been, been high-level. Um, so somebody cooked you. Who was <laughs> <laughs> who was that guy i was trying to i was trying to think of like where are you going with this question uh i'm trying to think okay so let me think some olympiacos not really i would say the the dude that i was like okay you'll send a double team was um in those g league playoffs i was i was guarding uh siakam and he's mm. He's not necessarily like the strongest dude. Like I could do some things on him, but I think the thing that he does really well is he's just, he's like slippery Literally. in the post. Yeah, like he's spinning nonstop, like super active. So I definitely had some problems in that. They, I definitely had to be like, hey, y'all send double team. Uh, but hey, but it, it did make me feel better when he got his payday. Cause I was right. like, at, le at least I got cooked by someone who's getting paid, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good story. Who who's somebody who who is somebody who um, may have got under your skin or something, just running their mouth or whatever the case. And you said, and, and it made you just <clears throat> push that button and turn it up on them. Who's that guy? Mm, that's a good good question. I'm trying to think. Um, 
I would say, you know, one guy that I would be real competitive with is actually a guy from Portland. Mm. Uh, when we were in Kentucky practices, me and Terrence Jones, mm. we would, uh, but it was all like in good competition. Like there was nothing because that's my boy, you know? So it's like, but I remember those, that, those Kentucky days made me a better player and a tougher player because you, you know, that's what coach Cal does is he, he rolls the balls out and lets the players compete. So like those, those years for me, like me and T Jones would battle a lot. And uh, you know, he was a beast that year. That's dope. So since you've been, this is your fourth year in Europe. Usually we ask guys, uh, to give us their starting five, right? But I don't want to ask you that question because you haven't, normally the guys who ask, they've been in Europe for 10 plus years, so they've seen everybody play, right? Mm -hmm. But since you've been over here, who are the players that, you, that you've seen playing and you were like, man, this guy is unbelievable. This guy is nice. Is there, yeah, I mean, is there two or three guys that you that you thought that about? Yeah, I think uh, the obvious one of the obvious answers is my boy Mike. Um, you know, I've I've already been familiar with his game because he's from the Portland area, but like seeing it on the European level because my first year I didn't really realize the significance of like Euro League stuff like that. So what he's been able to do at the Euro League level is is one of the highest ever. So he's the obvious answer there. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, some other guards. Um, I mean, I could go, the guard, the guard play in Europe is really high right now. It is. Um, yeah. Cause like even guys like in the Champions League, like Langford, he's been around the block, been on a bunch of teams. He's, he's tough. He's been around for- Yeah, a vet. He's been a vet. Um, and then, you know, if I was doing a starting five, you got to put a guy like, like, uh, Kyle Hines in there. No this doubt. guy just, he's been in every team. He's won on every team. Yep. That, that's the thing that like, you know, I value if I was listing players as winning and like, you know, he's a winner. And then like the guy, like I play with Spanoulis, you know, mm. Greek legend. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, before going, I, you know, I knew who he was and like what he did, but like getting to like look up his highlights and see what he's been able to do at, at Europe, European level. Like he was a killer. So getting to play like, like a guy like that uh, was tough. Mm -hmm. Nah, yeah, that's, you know I mean? The lineup you named are all respected guys around <laughs> you, for real. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've interviewed yeah. Keith too, you should check that one out. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll check him out, I'll, I'll, I'll watch the whole episode. That's what I was gonna ask, you gonna, <laughs> the whole thing or what, man? <laughs> yeah, my bad. <laughs> No, I, I got, I got the, uh, I'll, I'm like the classic, I'll be starting something, as soon as someone calls me, and I'll just, my brain will just start talking about something else. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> so, hey man, go ahead, Dave. No, you got it. So I, I wanted to, um, I, I just, I can sense that you're a guy who kind of, like you said, you things can take your attention. What are some of the other things um, that you find yourself getting yourself into outside of basketball? Uh, yeah, me and, uh, the one thing I don't know if you guys are familiar with Zillow, I got a I got a lot of searches on the Zillow real estate app. So um, I actually, you know, uh, basically last summer I finally got it legalized. I, I started my own real estate company. Um, so what I've been trying to do is kind of get rental properties all across the world, and 
I'm not going to tell you exactly my strategy, but basically I'm trying to, if I'm playing in a dope city, uh, instead of renting out for 10 months, I want to buy a spot and then I want to make it right for Americans and then let them rent it out. So like my first, my first trial was in Malaga. I, I actually bought a house there in Malaga. So currently I got a player who's living in it. And what's cool is like, I, I, so basically what I'm saying is if, if you're watching this podcast and you're going to Malaga, you're going to expect a message from Kyle Wilcher because I'm, I'm trying to rent it out for you because not only am I trying to get my spot rented out, like I really believe that it's the best spot that any American is going to find in Malaga. I, I got a washer and dryer in there. I got a flat, I got a flat screen TV, you know, like the little things you don't think of, mm-hmm. but I've thought of, you know, and so that's my kind of idea. And I got a, a spot in Portland I started, but I don't really know if, if Anchor is the right spot for a rental, but if I'm in, if I'm in a beach town next year, I'm going to definitely keep this business model going. And, and I hope at the end of my career, I, I can look back and I got say five, seven spots that are rented out to basketball players. And essentially these clubs, cause they pay for the players rent. They're yeah. essentially pay, paying for my mortgages. So, so in a Kyle. sense, like that's my thing. So <laughs> time out. this is our thing on the pod. Whenever somebody, there's like a moment we call timeout and we got to dive a little deeper. This is, this is borderline. No, this is actually like full fledged genius, dude. This is, <laughs> this is elite. I, I don't know how you came up with this. I don't know who you sat down with. I don't know. Can you talk about, I need more, I need more. What, how, how did you come up with this idea? Well, I mean, I kind of thought about it. Oh, me and Brian Roberts were on a bus. Mm-hmm. And I asked, we're, you know, you know how hoopers do. There's always like, you would be like, hey, man, like you, you think of all these hypothetical questions and they like sometimes they're way over the top. Like sometimes they're like real questions. So I was like, hey, what would you rather have? Play for 10 years and make 100,000 each year? Or would you rather play for 10 years and each club buys you a $100,000 apartment? Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I, and so everyone was like, I'll take the mill, like whatever, I'll take the cash. Like, I don't want like a bunch of places. And I said, I explained to him like why I thought if you had places all across the world, like whatever. And then the biggest thing is like, if you leverage incorrectly and say, I can't get a spot rented out, say it's in a terrible location, like you're on the hook for the mortgage and you might, you know, not be able to cover those mortgages someday. But where I think my idea works is, you kind of get an agreement with the team also is like, so when I reached out, I got a player in Malaga right now, Tim Abramidis. And I reached out as soon as it's, I, I follow Malaga and I got alerts on as soon as I saw Tim Abramidis, I don't, I never talked to the guy in my life. Hey Tim, it's Kyle. Like I was wondering, you know, <laughs> you know, like if you need a, if you need a spot, like I got this spot that, you know, to be honest is, gonna be the nicest place you could find for what mall because i know what Malaga gives to the players to rent out it's like this is the best spot you can find um you know if you're interested let me know and he's like yeah yeah send me some pictures so i sent him some pictures he's like oh the team actually already showed me this he's like this is the one that's my favorite so it was like mm-hmm. perfect so he was, it was already rented out before he even got to Malaga. Mm-hmm. and you know for myself like obviously like i'm in it for the long-term play like if I rented it out to an average, average Joe, I could probably get some more cash every month. But my philosophy is like, as long as my mortgage is covered, 
in 10 years, 20 years yeah. after I'm done playing, if I got 10 spots, I'm like, first of all, if I retire, I might just travel each 10 spots and just chill, <laughs> chill for a while, like selfishly. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I did that. And then I, this year I didn't buy one in Ankara. I actually got another spot in Portland. Um, so I just trying to, you know, obviously you got to find the money for the down payment, but I just, the way I look at it is like, Hey, save up some money, each salary, and then go buy a spot. And then, you know, so. What if I can tell so you, my, I can help you with Istanbul spots. Istanbul. I, I looked into Istanbul, uh, you know, actually earlier this year, cause I wanted to see if I could, this is another pause moment. <laughs> I, if you in, if you invest a certain amount of money into different countries, they mm -hmm. offer golden visas. So my philosophy was if, if Kyle Wiltshire could get a passport, then it's like my doors open up. I don't mm -hmm. count as American at this for hoop wise. So when I think the amount is 250,000 if you invest in Turkey. So we started looking at properties early in the year, but it's kind of a weird loophole because then the Turkish Federation gets involved as well. So you have to get approved by them too. So um, but yeah, I definitely looked into Istanbul because Istanbul is a, a great city, as you can as you can hey, talk Kyle, about that. I know people. We'll talk. <laughs> All right, that sounds good. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll get. A, how about this? I'll get a spot and you can rent it out. Hey, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. You know. Hey, what Dave? What Dave's not telling you is, if you want to make your spot nicer than it already is when you buy it. He can help you with that too. He has a he has a company that can help you with that too. All right, that, that I think we could, I this call has been a success. Then I got I got my connects up. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else out there that you got going on, man? That 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 people would just be interested in, or that you know, just because you seem like an interesting guy who's kind of has his hands in a number of things. Is there anything else out that you got going on outside of who? I mean. Not really, besides, you know, I got a little girl on the way, so. Congrats. So, yeah, so, I, I mean, I'm super, super excited about that. It's honestly, like, you know, it's one of those things. You see people around you, you know, having kids, stuff like that, but until it happens to you, like, literally the first thing I wake up in the morning is think about baby girl, and she's not even here yet. Right. So, it's one of those things that just, it's a mind blowing experience. I can't imagine. So my wife's just started her third trimester and, mm. you know, she's been a warrior because it's obviously being overseas as a wife is not easy as it is. And now that there's COVID virus around and she's basically been, had to be in the apartment extra safe, you know? Mm. Um, so I just thank her. Hopefully she watches the podcast, watches the whole thing too. <laughs> so, um, no, I, I'm, I'm very, very thankful for her, you know, putting up with uh, me and then also, you know, Karen, Karen, the young one that's about to come in uh, April. Mm. Congratulations, man. So, girls appreciate are it, up. appreciate it. They show a lot. Of, <laughs> girls are up. They show a lot of love, sure. but they're going to make you work. Yeah, girl dad gang, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Snow, anything else you got, you got, you got for our man Kyle? I think I'm good. Kyle killed you today, man. I appreciate you coming on, man. You did a hell of a job. Thank Kyle, you for I appreciate other, guys now. Any other, any, for, do you have anything to tell like young guys who don't know anything about Europe, who thinking about coming to Europe that, you know, any, any game that you want to give them? Uh, man, I would just say the two things I would say were no matter what club you go to, like 
just do what you do. Like, you know, I think some guys come over here, they try to do too much. Like if you're a Mike James scorer, like score like Mike James, like I'm a stretch four. like I'm not going to dribble up and just play ISO ones all game. You know, like I'm going to move the rock, be unselfish. Like I'd say just if you're a young guy coming to Europe, you got to come hungry, but like you got to come humble too. Like just because, you know, whatever you did in the States, it, it's wiped away when you get to Europe. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing I've learned is like a lot of dudes careers just kind of fizzle down because they, the Europe, you know what G league is. And then when you get to Europe, it's like, it's a humbling experience. So it, there's levels to it over here. And, you know, I would just say, just be confident in yourself and, you know, every situation is not going to be sweet either. You might get a bad situation when you're, so you just got to bounce back the next, you know? Yeah. So I think that's, the, that, that's what I would say. Kyle, you are one of the lucky ones. Let's just put it like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think let's you just keep that rolling, man. Hey, I, I like to think so too, but uh, let's just hopefully that just keeps going because I need a good spot next year, even if it's if it's back with this club or Istanbul, whatever. I need a yeah, good gotta, spot. So gotta, a, you got to get a crib. Yeah, I say that we we got to get a crib. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hey, Kyle, again, man, thank you for coming on to the show. We really appreciate the time that you gave us. Uh, you gave a lot of game and gems and what you're doing outside of basketball is the first time we've heard someone doing it like that. Even we haven't even heard it from the vets that we've interviewed, man. So congratulations on the success you're having. Uh, good luck on the rest of the season. Congratulations on the baby, man. You're killing it in life right now. Right, he's a winner. <laughs> uh, no, I, I appreciate y'all because uh, I've done a lot of interviews and I mean it like just the unscripted vibes that you guys got going on. You got a, a dope little thing going on. So I appreciate y'all having on having me on, but also uh, respect to you guys because it's a dope, dope little podcast you got. I appreciate that, man. Appreciate really. it, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for another episode yes, You're a Stepping Podcast. Catch us on Next One's YouTube page or also on nextones.com. You can also listen to us on audio, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. That's Eurostepping Podcast, no G. We got all the game. Thought it was a joke, what they still playing games for? Holes in my denim, never holes in my game, no. You won't be just like me, they don't love you the same, no. The series three to nothing, and I'm back home for game four.